This gospel is in Matthew 16. We are working our way through Matthew's gospel. If you remember feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on waters in Matthew 14. Then we skipped a few verses in Matthew 15 as Jesus dealt with some Pharisees before we heard, Lord have mercy, from the Canaanite woman in the second half of Matthew chapter 15. And here we are in Matthew 16 and Peter's confession of the Christ. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. When's the last time you were called out? You have different reactions being called out for different things. If I line up the kids and I say, okay, who took the cookie from the cookie jar? There's sort of a nervous, nervous feeling about it or, you know, who broke this or who did that? You know, you have this mess on the floor or something and not I, not I, not I, not, surely not I, Lord. Surely, you know, one of those kind of response moments, everybody's trying to push and distance themselves from being called out Okay, it was me, right? There's other times where maybe you're more neutral, like being called out, I'm looking for a volunteer. If I had said at the start of this sermon, I'm looking for a volunteer, would I have had a hand up in the air? Mia? Somebody? Maybe? Who knows? I don't know. You might have volunteered, right? Okay. So that would have been interesting because you don't know what you're getting into. I don't know if I want to volunteer. I don't know if this is good and I don't know if this is bad. Then there's a kind of calling out that is like really kind of somebody like shout out to the ushers this morning. They did a phenomenal job. Shout out to Paul and Rachel working, working on the technology in the back. We really appreciate it, you know, and that's all, that's all smiles. That's all thumbs up kind of calling out. Jesus, Jesus doesn't just want to walk around in some sort of neutral zone where it doesn't matter what you think about him. And today's the day. Matthew 16 is the chapter. It's something of a climax as Jesus calls this out. He, maybe it'd be better to think of it as like he pulls this out of his disciples. The church, if you've ever heard of the Greek word for the church, ecclesia, 
is a, if we were to cut up and kind of slice up this word into its, th give me the origins of this word. It's a Greek word made up of a preposition and a, you know, you'd come up with a called out people. The word for church in the New Testament, ecclesia, called out. You are called out. What is that? Think of this drawing and this pulling where the, if without this drawing and this pulling, we are but plants that don't have a gardener. It's like plants that don't know and don't care or don't live with a gardener, right? And that is the worst. That is the worst. We want to be plants that have not just any gardener, but God as our gardener. And Jesus today is calling us out. It's a separation, right? From what? From where we were, from the world, from common sense, a separation from people that just like Jesus to people that follow Jesus. So do you see how that's different? Jesus is calling you out and he says, first he says to his disciples, who do people say I am? Kind of a soft, a soft shout out. Who do people say? What's out there? Some say John the Baptist. That sounds nice. Elijah, that's not a slam. Others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Good for you, Jesus. Pretty solid reputation going on out there. People think you're a good guy. Jesus had already pulled his disciples away from Pharisees and leaders in a shocking way that said, people who hate me don't understand scripture or God in life. We, ha we have to love them by pulling away and saying, this is something different that you, than you realize. It shows love to them by separating. But Jesus also had to separate his disciples from people who just gave Jesus the thumbs up, keep doing what you're doing. Because what would happen to that thumb when Jesus went the way of lowliness and weakness in the cross? We don't like you anymore. Where's the miracles? Where's the food? Where's power Jesus walking around in our world? We wanted that. So good opinions of Jesus depend on what kind of opinion it's, what it's based on. Who? Who that Jesus is. Jesus then asks the question, evoking it out of the disciples, drawing it out of them, who do you say I am? Does it make you nervous? Do you think they were nervous? All of the disciples were asked this question, and, and Peter, of course, you know how he responded. He said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And it might sound something like something so familiar to you, but this was a huge two steps forward out of the crowd. And here's why. If you're a Jew and you pay attention to the book that you have from God that gives promises, instruction, guidelines, wisdom that's not flesh and blood wisdom, as Jesus would say to Peter, but reveals heaven and God's ways to you, if you follow that book, what has it been telling you? It tells you that there is going to be one, one to come, one. There's going to be one who is going to be God, who's going to be Emmanuel, God with us. There's going to be one who will be the king. 
there's going to be one who will be the Lord's anointed servant, who will fulfill and carry out his purposes for people. There's going to be one who will bear the sin and shame of the world. There's going to be one promised seed. There's going to be one spring up out of the root of Jesse, out of the stump of Israel. There's going to be one who's going to come and save the people from their sins. There's going to be one who's going to squish the serpent's head, right? There's always going to be one. They were on the lookout for one. They're not like, you're kind of like Christ, and you're kind of like Christ, and maybe with the five of you together, (laughs) with our powers combined, we fulfill the messianic role in Scripture. No, this is not team Messiah. There is one. And for Peter to take his two steps forward, not by flesh and blood, of course, but to say it, shows you how far that little plant had come by the grace and mercy of God and the power of the Spirit to look in one set of eyeballs, one face of Jesus of Nazareth, and to say, you are the one. You are the Messiah. You are everything God has been preaching ever since he was a loving and compassionate God. You're the picture in the dictionary. You're the one. That's what Peter said. For every Jew, this was the loaded title that Peter is attributing to Jesus of Nazareth that he is saying is Jesus the Christ. Have you heard of that before? How many passages in our New Testament, when they want to bring you comfort, they don't just say Jesus, do they? So many of those letters, they bring in the full sweetness of who Jesus was, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is all over the New Testament, isn't it? Or Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. They are always going together because it's this thick and loaded title and because it meant something. So Jesus comes back to Peter and he says, Peter, blessed are you. And I want you to hear these words because he says these to every person who confesses Jesus as the Christ. He says, blessed are you. It's not revealed to you by flesh and blood. It's revealed to you by my Father in heaven. You see the big planet work? God wants you to, be, to know Jesus as the Christ. He wants this title and that one to be so blended together that you too would know it. And Jesus is saying, Peter, this is God's involvement in your life. That's what being blessed means. Blessed are you. You're blessed because being blessed means God is intimately and personally involved in working for your good. If you say, I am blessed, you can't say it without preaching about your God who has been working in your life. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And then you have to listen to this. Jesus goes on and he says, And I tell you, I, the one you call and know as the Christ, I tell you, slow down with me in this section, because it's got to be a climax in the Gospel of Matthew. 
has to be a huge moment in the disciples' lives as they listen to the Christ speak and preach the meaning of his name, just like Exodus 34. And I tell you, your confession of me as the Christ will not leave you ashamed. You are Peter. What does Peter mean? A rock. You knew this. Something Petrine, Petra, rock. I tell you that upon this, your confession of faith, the one given to you by my Father, you are a rock. What do we say in the beginning of the service? Everyone who calls on him, the one, will never be ashamed. I want you to remember what that means. Because all of this language has future in mind. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Jesus is building something that's going to have present and lasting value. There's going to come a day when you have to come face to face with your accusers. There's going to come a day when you will come face to face with the full pressure and weight of your sin and shame. There's going to come a day when you will be face to face at the judgment seat, when you will be before God himself, most deserving of his wrath, as all sinners are. There's going to be a come a day where the heat of hell's fire is right in front of your eyes, and Jesus is giving you a statement that speaks to present and future reality I tell you, you are Peter. And on the rock of those who trust in the Christ, I'm building a church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it, is the translation. But if you have overcome language, is that offensive or language? Offensive or defensive? If you're overcoming something, it's probably more of an offensive approach, right? Overcome something. I'm going to go, I'm, I am moving. I'm a moving party trying to get over something, overcome. But if he says it's the gates of Hades, are the gates offensive or defensive? Defensive. They're part of the walls and the protection of your building. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you. He's saying the gates of Hades will not withstand what's coming when Christ comes with his people. When Christ builds his church and shields his people, we just march forward. We are marching as an army and spreading the kingdom from place to place. We are those who trample Satan underfoot. We are those who knock down the gates of hell that will not trouble you. Jesus is giving this. Think, think of the, the blessings Jesus is guaranteeing in this verse. Think of your gardener that you're putting your trust in. This is what it means for him to be the Christ. It's that the fact that you get to have a rock that you stand on and such a rock that it guarantees every last victory, including that final one, hell, which cannot withstand you when you come knocking it down on your march into heaven for Jesus' sake. It's not going to get in your way. You will overcome it. It can't withstand you because that's how Jesus builds his church. This is huge. 
trust your gardener. What kind of gardener do I have? I have an alpha to omega, the A to Z. I have my Jesus who is the Christ who builds his church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That's what Jesus is promising to us here. We settle in to the metaphor that scripture gives us. We settle into what it's like to be sheep knowing we need a shepherd. We also settle into what it's like to be little plants. We would wither and dry in like two days if not for a gardener's care, if not for good soil, if not for good care, if not for weeding and pulling, if not for watering and tending. Without all of these things, we just wither and die. We depend. And when Jesus preaches his name to his dependents, to his children. He tells you he's the Christ. And this is what it means. Someday, I can see you standing before the judgment throne of God. I can see you. It's not that sin has been forgotten. I am unworthy to enter. I am the chief of sinners. I completely deserve you to burn me up with an eternal burning. But there is a word from God. It's like, it's like a spreading fortress. It's a shield and guard and protection against, against the very things that would condemn you that completely sets us free, that lets us know what the Christ is, that says, I am, I am the church that he built. I am, he just used the title, the church. I am the called out, I, I'm a called out one. And I confess faith in a Christ who came for me, faith in a Christ who bore sins for me, faith in a Christ who lived obediently under the law for me, faith in a Christ who overcame temptation and, and has power over the devil. I, I have faith in a Christ who died and rose. I have a faith in a Christ who suffered hell and then came out of it in ex exaltation and victory. I have faith in this Christ and I know that there's nothing, there's nothing keeping me from life with you. And we, we get to say this on the last day. This is the hope that you have. We had a, a hymn last, uh, was it 405? Oh, for a faith that will not shrink, right? Though pressed by many a foe, that will not tremble on the brink of poverty or woe, that will not this, that will not that, that in the hour of grief or pain will lean upon its God. You have a faith that even when death is knocking at my door, is not going to be rattled because my, my Jesus, my Christ has been in this place. The one, the one came here for me and he's, he's my gardener. He takes care of me and he shields me from this moment and he shields me from hell and he shields me from guilt. And you take all of this language that Jesus is saying, this is what it means to have me as a Christ that you are a Peter. You are a rock. I'm building my church. Now take it. Take the keys. Who do you give the keys to? You give the keys to people who know you, who are going to administer and serve other people with your will. 
Go. Set people free when their consciences are terrified. Go knock that wall down and say, oh, you terror-stricken, conscience-ashamed person. Do you know what God did for you? He sent his one and only son. Isn't it? Isn't that unfathomable? It's to die in your place. You have, you, sinner, I know what you did. God knows what you did. You, sinner, have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. Use the key. Whatever you loose, whatever you free, whatever door you open in the name of the gospel, in the name of Christ, built on the rock, you do it, it's done in heaven. And go share my word that also warns the sinner because there are curses left for those who reject this. Go turn from sin in your own life and be those who turn other people. Go slam the door of the way to hell in their face. Go bind. Go bind them out of love. Don't let them go freely in the way of sin. Don't treat it as if it doesn't matter what you believe. Love can just overcome everything and, and God will just take us all in whether we like him or not, whether we care or not. That's not it. You cannot push Jesus to the curb. There is no such thing as an inheritance in the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven for those who are sexually immoral or wicked or impure, says Ephesians. Right? Go use that binding key. It means you're talking to people. Go talk about the Christ. Go tell them. Use that binding key. Say, this way, I, I'm concerned about you. This way doesn't work. And I know how sweet the name of Jesus is. Jesus the Christ, the one. So Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys. You know me. You know what this means. It is everything. Being, me being the Christ is everything. And so use the binding key on those who do not know me and need to hear the warning. Use a loosing key to set the terrified free. And together, we're going to storm hell. And it's going to fall over. And you'll be mine. Amen.
let go. Do not let go. Let go.